How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs. This is your episode for Tuesday, August 15th. Uh, We are back at training camp. Uh, There's another two days of training camp uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, the Chiefs are going to be done with training camp as of Wednesday. Uh, it is Military Appreciation Day. A couple of things went on at camp today, as well as a couple of injuries that we're going to get into in just a minute here. Uh, but while I have you, I, I really want to encourage you to go check out the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network. Go check out Matt Williamson. He's doing a great job on Locked On NFL. And check out Vinny Iyer. I know people are getting ready for their fantasy football drafts right now. I know I am. Uh, I've actually got a draft here in about a week and a half. Uh, it's my big league that I'm in every year. So looking forward to that and really getting some information from Vinny on that. Injury report from camp today. Derek Johnson did not practice. After practice, Coach Reed talked to the media and said that Derek Johnson was given the day off. So it was an expected deal. Uh, not a big situation there. So not something you really have to worry about right now. Eric Berry again did not practice. Uh, that is a little more worrisome to me, at least, because it has been so long since he has practiced. Although, granted, it is the preseason and they don't really need him to play right now. Uh, but you would like to see him get some uh, preseason snaps uh, before the fourth game so he is ready for the regular season. Yeah, you know, that heel, man, it, it's a tricky situation, especially if, it, if it's any kind of uh, contusion or... Uh, plantar fasciitis of any kind or if you get any of that mechanics of how the foot spreads and contracts when you're trying to run that makes it real tough to heal from um at least it doesn't seem to be like it's an actual achilles uh up the back of the ankle that you would have to worry about so i think really um that's one of those injuries where rest is really the most important component in getting them back on the field so uh maybe we'll see him game three of the preseason i don't know yeah and then he also you know he still went out and Signed autographs for Chiefs Kingdom, so that's encouraging. Uh, Eric Berry obviously loves the fans and and loves reaching out to them, and that's an awesome uh, situation for fans that are making the trip to St. Joe. Yeah, and it makes it worth it, right? I mean, and that's that's one of those things where, especially if he's not practicing, he's not wore out, and it makes him pretty likely to hang out and do a lot more autographs. I've heard that from several people that have been up there, and, and that's nice to see. Now, the interesting thing, he's not the only one signing autographs, uh, but there's a lot of guys out there that are doing some interesting work. And what we're going to talk about is leading up to this second game uh, against the Bengals, who took steps forward, who got a real shot to take a step forward. Uh, And there are four rookies from this class, uh, three draft picks and a a, uh, UDFA, who got significant playing time and I think made the most of it. And we're going to kind of run through those uh, in their order. And the first guy that we're going to talk about 
has gotten uh, quite a bit of pub from the coaching staff here in the last day or two. Uh, Tano Passigno at 6'7 and 290 pounds. Uh, he played 59% of the snaps in that first preseason game, and, th- and that's a huge number. Um, the only player that played more was Marcus Rush, who's got a lot of experience. So for a rookie to be out there that much um, was really, really interesting to see. And it's not just that he was out there. It's it's where he was out there. Yeah, Britt Reed talked about it, and Britt Reed said he, d- he doesn't think he's ever seen a guy that can do as much as Passanio can. Uh, this is a kid that played defensive end, played outside linebacker, and can play nose tackle at his size of 290 pounds and six foot seven with, uh, what is it, less than 5% body fat? I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, he's a huge man. And to be able to move around, he played a lot of edge, it, mostly in a four man front, but he's played the edge in college. He's comfortable rushing from a wide nine. Uh, he's he's played outside of a tight end before. He can do that. That's fairly natural to his experience level, even though they've been trying him inside at tackle as well. Um, I, from the snaps that I saw, although I didn't have the L22, uh, I saw some head-up five technique. I saw him shaded inside a little bit. Um, but really the interesting thing is that he just moved around so much. And even as an OLB, that's a huge setup for an outside linebacker to come crashing down with that much force. No, absolutely. Uh, you see that, and it's just one of those things to watch. I, uh, Passanio is going to be a very intriguing player for the next couple of years. I don't know that he's going to be a big part of this defense this year, uh, but I do think that towards the end of the season, he could be getting more involved. Well, I think he's going to be the youngest player on what is quickly becoming one of the most intriguing defensive line units in the NFL. And as he goes along, I think that may turn into something that he does more and more and may actually get to the point where later in the season he can play a more significant role. Uh, I'm looking for that because it's it's a guy that has a, a unique skill set. And one of my favorite pieces of information uh, that came from Monday's practice was that <laughs> if you're that large and you're asked to do things that you're good at, like rushing the passer, that's one thing. But when you're that huge and they say, Hey, we want you to go out here and take a guy in coverage and run with him. Okay. If that's Ross Travis, maybe that's accomplishable, but he got put on CJ Spiller today. Yeah. And for a man his size to be running with CJ Spiller is quite phenomenal. Uh, again, six foot seven, 290 pounds. Uh, and even trying to keep up with Spiller would be uh, difficult to say the least. Well, and according to Matt Derrick and BJ Kissel, both of them saw him right there in coverage, and it went for an incompletion. I don't know how much he affected that. I wasn't there to see it, but the fact that he was there in coverage and present, so even if it was completed, he would have made a tackle, that's that's a huge thing. And we've seen some draft picks, like D. Ford surprised us uh, a season ago with some of his coverage ability, and if this guy... If this huge man can add anything that isn't just straight pass rush, which really kind of narrows down his his opportunities at snaps, I, I think that's just great for how he can progress and the versatility that Bob Sutton can play with on that defensive line. Well, yeah, I mean, just imagine dropping, having him play defensive end uh, and have him dropping into coverage and ha- being able to send Justin Houston instead. Yeah, it, it's rush. a beautiful thing. I mean, and and his step combined with guys like Chris Jones, 
was an explosive first step. What we've seen from R&R looks really good, too. I mean, Jay Howard was a penetrator. I think one of the reasons they allowed him to leave is because they had R&R, who can be a penetrator as well. You get those three guys, all of substantial size, with a Houston or a Ford or any combination thereof. I mean, that's a significant four-man rush. You throw a fifth in there, and you're really talking about being able to get to the quarterback. Well, and that doesn't even mention Benny Logan either, so... Uh, yeah, those guys are going to be getting after the quarterback, and I think Kansas City's pass rush is going to be better this year uh, with a fully healthy Justin Houston. And then also, you know, you add back, you know, your Benny Logan, your Allen Bailey, because I think Bailey has some pass rush moves. He's not great, but I think he can get after the quarterback at that DN position. Yeah, I agree with you. I wouldn't call him as explosive as the others. He definitely can get there, though. He's more of a power guy, and I think that situationally can play both ways depending on what you want to do and I like that they have now three and four guys that they can send out in what might be you know Tom Brady's famous and it's going to be important in week one for getting the ball out fast and you want those penetrators and if you can get three or four of them out there at one time you're talking about filling gaps and getting in his way getting in his passing lanes and I think that's something significant for what the Chiefs need to do especially in week one but the thing about passing, you know, that Britt Reed said that really fascinated me the most, and I think this is A, why they made the investment in him where they did in the second round, uh, and also why we're seeing it start to pay off, even though we're, we're halfway through the preseason, not even. Um, this was his quote. He's one of the most coachable players I've ever been around, unquote. And that's Britt Reed talking about Tano Passanio. And I think that is really, when you have that much physical ability, that is really the biggest question mark is, can you be coached? Can you be molded? Is it easy to get you to do things that necessarily aren't in your experience or natural for you? Yeah, no, and it's, like I said, it's going to be something to watch with Passanio and see what he's able to do this season. I really am excited to see you know, when they first drafted him, you you sat there and you're like, why are they drafting a guy that probably won't play in the next two years? If he can do half of what they're saying he can do now, uh, just imagine one what he's going to be like in two years, and just imagine the ability to to pull him in and out of the lineup at different positions and be able to give different guys breathers, uh, and the ability that that gives you. Yeah, it, it's it's a beautiful mix and match thing. It, it lets Bob be the mad scientist that we know he can be. Uh, and maybe Bob, if you're listening, just just press a little bit more, will you? Pasnio is not the only rookie that made an impact, and we talked about Marcus Aligwe earlier in the week, but I didn't realize that he played 49 percent, half of the defensive snaps he was out there for, and I, I thought he had a little bit of an up and down game. Uh, but for a rookie in his first preseason game, I was very encouraged. Here's the big kicker: Leon McQuay played just as many snaps at safety or let's call him DB, because I know he came down into uh, the slot coverage from time to time, too. And he's he's a bit of a thin player. Um, you'd like to see him be a little thicker, and I'm sure that'll happen as time goes on. But um, in what is a very competitive defensive back group, for him to get that much action I thought was significant and gives him uh, more film for the coaches to evaluate. And maybe that means that they're trying to take a better look at him. Yeah, and that's possible. It's one of those things that uh, you look at Liam McQuay and he's going to have a very hard time making this roster. Uh, you know, you have Eric Berry that didn't play at all, which I think would have pushed some reps down. Uh, the McQuay may not have gotten as many, but you know they've got to know what they've got, what they've got in him because they're going to have a very difficult decision at DB and safety and CB in general. Uh, just trying to figure out what guys are going to keep if they're keeping nine, if they're keeping ten. 
So McQuay has a lot of um, a lot to prove because just because he was a draft pick doesn't mean he'll make it, especially as a seventh round pick. And if and if they think they can get him on the practice squad. True. That it does play a factor. I, I do think that it's interesting that they list him as a DB, whereas Eric Murray is listed as a free safety. Ron Parker, obviously. Daniel Sorensen's listed as a strong safety. But just leaving that empty kind of DB designation leaves a little bit more leeway. Uh, could he make it as a sixth or seventh corner as well? I mean, normally I would think that the Chiefs aren't going to keep more than 10 DBs. This might be the year that they prove me wrong, though, because there's so much talent there. Well, but generally speaking, they've only kept 10, so I would expect that to be the case, especially considering they have a lot of talent in a lot of other positions. And you have to figure, although it's offensive on the offensive side, you still have to figure they're going to keep four tight ends, which really throws your numbers off in other areas. True, true. And the guy that might be competing for that last slot in the defensive backfield is Ashton Lampkin. He played 41% of the defensive snaps and was out there quite a bit, too. Played both in the slot and outside. Uh, I saw him drop back at least a little bit, too, so maybe they're trying to get that that rounded uh, DB out of him as well. He's had uh, a couple of knee issues. Uh, began practice but quickly left again on Monday. Uh, hoping that he can get back because I think he and DJ White are kind of closing in on those last two spots for the corner group. Um, did you like what you saw from him, or are you still waiting to see more? I think we still need to see more. Uh, really, I'm still trying to figure out where they're going to go when it comes to corner ends and uh, you know safeties. I still think that you know Philip Gaines is probably going to make the team, although I question whether or not he should. Um, and DJ White's probably going to make the team. And I do think he should be making the team. So there, so you have your top three, and then you have DJ White and you have Philip Gaines. Uh, so my guess is those five are probably going to be there. Um, you know, is Lampkin going to be the sixth, or is Lampkin somebody that they think they can get on the practice squad, or maybe he comes up with a mysterious injury and ends up on IR for the year? Well, and that's really the question, isn't it? The mysterious injury is always kind of in the back pocket of this group, but you know. I wasn't terribly impressed with what we saw from DJ White in game one. I know he's playing in the slot predominantly now, and maybe that's not um, an easy transition to make. We'll see what happens in week two. But I, I got to think that you're you're pretty dead on. I, I thought Gaines played well, and he looks to be the fourth corner. Um, although right now with Mitchell's injury, he, he's, he's playing up. Um, so right now it looks like it's white at five. And then I, I think Lampkin might be that inside, uh, got the inside groove to be that sixth corner. Mm, I don't know about that. They've, they seem to really like Bosby and I think that he's played, he showed, well, I think he did str struggle in the game. So it's a question of whether or not that's going to really knock him down the peg. It, it may, it may not. We, we don't know at this point. Yeah. I was pretty disappointed with what we saw against a San Francisco team that isn't, that stout, but he did get a, a good group of, of snaps, played 23. That's 28% of the defensive snaps in game one. So uh, he got a lot of experience and, you know, it's really about where does he go from there? You know, learn from his mistakes and maybe he rebounds and has a great second preseason game. Well, and one of the things that really sticks out to me is, is we start talking about all these guys that got all these extra snaps for me, a guy like Bosby getting, you know, 28% doesn't really surprise me because I think he's further up the depth chart. And a guy like, like Lampkin getting as many snaps as he did doesn't surprise me either because he's so far down and they need to see him at multiple different positions. Uh, so they're going to play him all over the place as much as they possibly can, especially in the first game because you're not going to play your starters near as much as you will in games two and game three. 
uh, and it's going to be nice because they're not going to have that cut from uh, 90 to 75. So they're going to be able to work with the full roster going into the fourth preseason game, which protects starters. So right now, I mean, we're, we're talking midweek after one preseason game, but as of right now, you have Busby making this roster as the sixth corner, right? You know, I don't know. I've got to watch more. Uh, honestly, I, I I like what I see from him, and I liked what I saw from him before, but, you know, one game isn't going to show everything to me that I need to see, and, and all the tournament camp reports say he's doing well and he's getting some reps with the first and second team. But, you know, until I see him, you know, play like he did in, in the games before when he was here in Kansas City three years ago, I don't know that he is going to be that guy. And that's fair. You know, right now I don't see him doing it, and I kind of try to take it week by week. Uh, you know, as if they, you had a gun to your head and you had to make a decision right now, I don't think he's in that top six, but who knows. So, folks, that's that's what we've covered today about who made impacts in week one, and we're gearing up uh, for week two. We're going to be off for a day. We're going to have some guests come later in the week as we get ready for that Saturday night. It's preseason game number two. Thanks for listening to us today, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review and reach out to us on Twitter at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.